0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. and We do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time. May I encourage you to continue watching as we discuss the th- subject, help from the other side. Help from the other side. Now, today on our telecast, we continue to offer the free Bible Correspondence Course. And may I underscore the word free. It is free. We want you to know more about the course and how to receive it. Let's pause for just a moment.
0: We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible Correspondence Course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.org. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at at knowyourbibleatgulftail.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214.
1: We're reading today from the book of Psalms, chapter 121, and I'll be reading the first three verses. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber there are those who seem to think that since God created everything, that He made life for us here on this earth possible, that He's that so far away, so distant from man, and so busy doing other things, that He just doesn't have any time for man now. It might be that some think that since Jesus came into the world as a baby, grew to manhood, had a ministry while he was on this earth and taught his disciples to carry on that ministry. And then he was crucified, he was buried, he was resurrected and he went back to heaven. So Jesus' work with man on earth is done, it is over there there might be some who think that the work of the Holy Spirit is over. That, that the, since the Holy Spirit endowed the apostles and others in the early church with some miraculous gifts for the purpose of the confirmation of the Word of God, and inasmuch as the Holy Spirit was responsible for the Bible, that is, for it being revealed to man, that the work of the Holy Spirit is over, so there... He has nothing else to do with people on earth today. And there might even be those who think that the angels have nothing to do with men as they live their lives on the earth today. Such an attitude as those attitudes where we think that God and Christ, the Holy Spirit, and even angels... Uh, do not have any work to do with man today, any help for man today, would lead a person to depend primarily upon themselves when really what we need is help from the other side. And there's help available from the other side in time of temptation in our lives. Now, we are tempted at times, and sometimes people stumble and fall because of those temptations. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, Paul warned, Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. Now, if a person cannot fall, there's no need to give a warning. So there is that possibility of stumbling and falling. Then verse 13, There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you, that means to allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you're able to bear it. You see, all people are tempted. There's no individual living today who's not tempted. Even Jesus was tempted. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, the Bible there reads like this, We have not an high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but, but was tempted in all points like as are we yet without sin. Jesus Christ was tempted. You read about that in the first 10 verses of the 4th chapter of Matthew where Jesus was led out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And every time Jesus was tempted, he responded with the word of God. He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. And when we are tempted, we can respond with the word of the living God. So we're all tempted. But in time of temptation, we're not helpless. We have help from the other side. Let's listen to Paul again, 1 Corinthians 10. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. All other people living have been tempted. Maybe the same kind of a temptation. But he said there's help available. God is faithful. And God is not going to allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way that you can escape it. So there's help from the other side when we fall into temptation. We do not have to fall. Joseph was a, is an example of a young man who was tempted. And in Genesis, the 39th chapter, he's now in Potiphar's house. He's a young man And Potiphar's wife comes to Joseph day after day, tempting him to sin. But Joseph said no to that temptation. He had strength to overcome it. And it was his faith in God that helped him to overcome that temptation. I do not believe that Joseph sat down in Potiphar's house and tried to decide what he was going to do when that temptation knocked on his door. That was a decision that he had already made many, many years before. Perhaps taught as a child from his earliest years to say no when sin knocks on your door. And this is what Joseph said, I cannot do that and sin against my God. You see, we have help from the other side when we're tempted. We also have help from the other side in every time of need in our lives. Over in the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter, there are some passages that are powerful passages that gives us encouragement today. Listen to verse 14 and following. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, He's our high priest, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. You see, when the devil tempted Jesus, there was an all-point bulletin out on Jesus. He tempted Him in every conceivable way, But he was our high priest, and Jesus did not yield to sin. Therefore, he says in verse 16, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do you have a time of need in your life? Because we have a high priest called Jesus, we can approach the throne of God in the avenue of prayer. And we, as a result, as Christians, can find help in time of need. Notice what we may obtain. We may obtain mercy. And not only will we obtain mercy, he says we can find grace to help in time of need. Paul did. Paul had a need in his life on one occasion. In 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, he wrote about it. And he was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet his body, lest he should be tempted above the, 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 and become proud about all of the things that had been going on in his life. And he prayed three times for the removal of that thorn. But every time he prayed for the removal of that thorn, he still had the thorn. And here was God's answer to Paul's thorn in the flesh found in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. My grace is sufficient for thee. And when we have needs in our lives, we can go to the throne of God to to obtain mercy, to obtain compassion, and to find grace, favor, to help in the need that we have in our lives. Rather than wringing our hands, rather than fretting and worrying, why don't we approach the throne of God in in the avenue of prayer? Because that's where we have help from the other side. Listen to the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Just pray about it. Now here's what God will do. Here's the help from the other side. And the peace of God, that passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, the promises of God are abundant to give us help. Listen to Psalms 118 in verse 5. I called on the Lord in distress. Have you ever been there in distress? The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me, among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. And then he says in verse 8, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. You see, God is the one who can give us help from the other side. He's always promised that. Listen to 1 Peter 5 and verse 7. Casting all of your cares on Him, for He cares for you. God cares about you. There's help for you from the other side. David in Psalms 37 and 25 says, I've been young, now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, Jesus said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. There's not a need that we have, but what we can get help from the other side. There was a poor woman, a widow, who was arrested because she was caught stealing a loaf of bread to feed her children, her hungry children. She was taken into court, and as she was standing before the judge, he asked her, You've been accused of stealing a loaf of bread. Are you guilty? She said, Yes, Your Honor. I'm so ashamed. I did it to feed my children. My children are hungry. He said, I fine you $10 for stealing the loaf of bread. And then the judge reached into his pocket. He pulled out the $10. He handed it to the woman. He says, now here, you pay your fine. And he said, I'm fining everyone in the courtroom this morning $10 for having a town where a poor woman has to steal To feed her children. Bailiff. Take up the money. From all these people in this courtroom. And the bailiff collected the money. And brought it to the judge. He says now. Give the woman. This money. So she can feed her children. That's mercy isn't it. That's grace. From the judge. But we have someone. Greater than that. And that is our God. There's help from the other side in our efforts to pray. It may be that you have been in a situation where you tried to pray to God and you just really weren't sure whether or not your prayer got through because you didn't know how to express yourself. It may be that you have lost someone that you love. Maybe your husband died. And you went to bed and you were bathing your bed in tears, trying to pray to God, and you just couldn't find the words, the right words to say to God. It may be that you've had a need such as a job, and your family is in bad shape. You have bills to pay, you have no money to pay those bills, and you're just about at the end of your rope. You're in such a state that you don't know what to do, where to go, where to turn. I've had people come to me like that. They said, Brother Lambert, I don't know what to do. I have nowhere to go. I have nowhere to turn. And I always have them bow their heads. And I said, now let's pray. And when we've prayed and asked God for help them, there seems to be a peace that overcomes them. But I've had times like that, and I'm sure some of you have had times like that when you tried to pray and and you didn't know what to say or how to say it adequately to express what was in your heart to the God of heaven. And that's when we have help from the other side. You see in Romans the 8th chapter in verse 26, the Bible teaches that there are times in our lives when the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. There are times when we don't know how to express it. So the Holy Spirit intercedes for us before the throne of God. I don't know why people would be excited over a thought like that, that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. They don't get excited when we mention the fact that Jesus intercedes for us, Hebrews seven twenty-five, And that we are to pray intercessory prayers for ourselves, for others. So why should it be thought strange that the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf? it ought to be a comfort to us to know that when we come to some of those real difficult moments in life, maybe there's a decision to be made. Maybe there's a crisis in the family, a crisis in the nation, and we try to pray. And that's those times when we have help from the other side. Well, we also have help from the other side from the world of the angels. Oh, here's a subject that gets some people all excited when you begin to talk about the angels. They they say, Brother Lambert, you don't really believe there are angels, do you? I don't really believe it, I know it. You say, well, how do you know it? I said, I know it because I read about it in the Bible. I read in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14 that angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister those to those who are heirs of salvation. Well, let me ask you, are you an heir of salvation? Why, well, you say, well, I've obeyed the gospel, Brother Lambert. I've, I've been baptized and I'm a member of the church of Christ and, and I go every time the doors are open and I, oh yeah. Well, angels are ministers to those who are heirs of salvation. You say, well, now, just exactly what do the angels do for us? Well, now, that's where our knowledge might be just a little bit limited. But let me mention some things that we know that angels do or have done. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying to His Father in heaven. He is in a great distress at this point. He prays and He said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And then in Luke, the 22nd chapter and verse 43, we're told that angels came and they strengthened Him. They strengthened Him. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14, as we mentioned, Angels are ministers to those who are heirs of salvation. If you're an heir of God, you're a child of God, Romans 8, 14 to 18. And if you are an heir of God, you're subject to receive an eternal inheritance. That is, you're an heir of salvation. And thus the angels minister to us in our lives. And all that they do, we do not know. We do know that when someone repents, the angels respond in a positive way. For instance, in Luke chapter 15 and verse number 10, we are told that there's joy in heaven among the angels of God over one sinner that repents. And wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if we got the angels busier by people repenting of their sins today, obeying the gospel today, being saved today, and that causes the angels in heaven to rejoice. Something else the angels are involved in is when people die. In Luke, the 16th chapter, there's a story about two men, one rich and one poor. And the poor man was named Lazarus, and Lazarus died. And the Bible says that he was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. It appears from that that angels escort the righteous to the life's other side. You see, we have help from the other side. But the alien sinner has help from the other side. Oh, yes, indeed we do. In John, the third chapter, in verse 16... Jesus said, "God, soul of the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Folks, that's help from the other side. If you have your Bible, turn to Romans, the fifth chapter, and verse number six. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ didn't die for the godly. He died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Now let's analyze where we have read thus far. When we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We were not lovely, we were unlovable. We were in sin. We were guilty of sin that breaks the heart of God. But in spite of that, Jesus died for us. John 15 and 13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, That a man lay down his life for his friends, but Jesus not only died for his friends, he died for his enemies as well. He died for people that didn't like him. Now let's continue to read in verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. If we are saved from God's wrath, It's going to be because of the work of Jesus in dying on the cross. Verse 9 says that it's by His blood we'll be saved from wrath through Him. And we were enemies of God, enemies of Christ, enemies of the truth. But because of the work of Jesus, there is a reconciliation that can be made with God. And now not only that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Man can be reconciled to God because of the help we've gotten from the other side. God loved us enough to give His only begotten Son, the only one of a kind, to save a world that is lost in sin. And I want to urge you to think about the help that we've gotten from the other side. God loves us so much that He provided a way, a means, a plan of salvation that we can obey and be saved eternally. In 1 John, the second chapter, and verse 2, we learn that this salvation is not limited to a certain group of people. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. My friend, if you want to go to heaven, you can. If you want to go to heaven, you must obey the gospel by believing on Christ, John 8.24, by repenting of your sins, Luke 13 and 3, by confessing faith in Christ, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, by being baptized into Christ, Galatians 3.27, for the remission of your sins, Acts 2.38. That's help from the other side. God has provided the way, the means whereby we can be saved. We must respond to it in obedience. There was a young man who was separated from his sweetheart. He was in America. She was in Europe. But she didn't have the money to travel to America to see her sweetheart. But he did. He sent her the money. She bought a ticket and she came to see him. You see, she got help from the other side. You and I have received something that's greater than that. That's the great love of a God who loved us when we were not very lovely. He wants to save you, and He wants to do it now. Let me encourage you to accept the help from God. I want to thank you for watching today. And in the closing moments, may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And and may I also encourage you right now, pick up the telephone, call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. You also may take the course online, and we have that available as well. I want to thank you again for watching today, and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you, is my prayer.